Mark chapter 9 and verse 23, and Jesus said to him, now you ought to pay, you ought to pay attention to all of scripture, but when Jesus says something, you ought to pay close attention. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, any believers in the building? All things are possible to him who believes. That's a powerful statement. Jesus said, all things are possible to him that believes. The next verse, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears. There was certainly emotion attached to his situation. but There was no doubt sincerity in his heart. As he says to Jesus, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. There was a contradiction in this man. He said, I believe, I have faith, but for some reason there's, there's a little bit of unbelief in me. I've got faith, but I'm a bit confused because I've got a little bit of doubt mingled with my faith. And Lord, I need you to help me with that. God's going to help us with that today. He's going to help us with that today. I'm going to preach to you about a common contradiction, a common contradiction. Why don't you lay your Bibles down and let's worship the Lord one more time. I don't care how you do it, whether by clapping your hands or lifting your hands or lifting your voice. But would you just, from your spirit, would you give God praise right now? In the name of Jesus, Lord, we worship you. Come on, let's do that for just a few more moments, Lord. We worship you, we honor you, we praise you. There's nobody like you, Jesus, and we thank you for your goodness. Have your way today. In Jesus' name, you can be exceeded in Jesus' name. As we examine this text, we understand, of course, as I pointed out, that it was Jesus himself that made this great and powerful declaration. It was Jesus himself who gave this this promise, this statement so clear and, and so bold that it should increase your faith today. It should build anyone's faith today to hear that Jesus said, if you can believe, anything is possible. All things are possible. It was an incredible statement, but understand, it was an incredible statement that was made in an impossible situation. He is looking into the face of a desperate man who is crying out to him, who is literally with tears in his eyes, falling on his face in desperation at the feet of Jesus, in need of a miracle and a breakthrough in his family for his child. Can I just pause here and tell you that God wants to give breakthroughs in this service this morning? If you came to play church or if you just came to be able to say that you went to church, uh, you, you, might, you might not gel, you might not connect with what's about to happen in the next few minutes of this service because God, there's a breakthrough spirit in this room. God is going to give breakthroughs in families today. God is... I don't pause because I need you to respond. I pause because I want you to absorb the word of faith into your spirit. There's going to be breakthroughs in personal lives. There's going to be breakthroughs in marriages and families and children today. I declare it in Jesus' name that with God, nothing is impossible. 
He looks into the face of this desperate man, this man with a desperate situation, and he says, uh, if you believe anything is possible, and I've come to preach a very simple message to you today and declare that same word of faith, that if you can believe anything is possible, possible to you uh, today. I've come to declare this morning that if you can believe your miracle is possible in this service today. If you can believe a deliverance is possible in this service today. If you can believe your healing is possible in this service before we walk out of those doors today. If you can believe your promise can be possessed before we walk out of these doors uh, this morning. Uh, if you can believe anything uh, is possible, can I declare that God can bring you out of whatever dark night, uh, whatever dim situation, uh, whatever prison that you're locked up in, if you can believe anything is possible. The Father's response fascinates me. I'll be honest with you this morning and tell you I think it fascinates me because I connect with this father. I understand. Some of you just looked at me like I just you just lost all confidence in the preacher. I can connect with this father because by nature, I'm analytical. By nature, I am skeptical. By nature, I ask questions. Now I got about 13 nods that you identify, but you're ashamed to say amen because you don't want anybody to think you're that unspiritual. And I got a bunch of other looks like, oh my goodness, this guy used to preach faith. What's happened to him since he was here last time? (laughs) Hear me. I I, I connect with this guy because there's something about him. Uh, There's something about him that I identify with. He was honest with himself. And he was honest with himself enough to be honest with God. And can I tell you today that if you want God's best for your life, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to get honest with yourself. If you want God's best for your life, you've got to get honest enough with yourself to get honest with God. Because there's too many people that come to church and they play the part, they look the part. You dress up, you come to church, and you don't want anybody to think uh, uh, anything is wrong. You don't want anybody to know the depths of despair and question and confusion that your life is in, that your family is in. Maybe you've just went through a transition in your life or family, or maybe there's been brokenness, or maybe there's been a separation. Maybe something has transpired that you didn't predict, you didn't plan for, you didn't ask for, you certainly didn't want. Uh, And so you sit here a bit confused this morning. uh, But can I tell you, it's all right to be honest with God. Church is not the place that you ought to come and pretend. Church is the place you ought to come and say, God, I need your presence. I need your power. And I do believe, but help my unbelief. And so the man says to Jesus, he says, Lord, I believe. I have faith in my heart. But in sincerity, he he cries out, help my unbelief. It is such a common contradiction in the human being. In human nature, this, this contradiction of doubt and faith. Faith 
and, and doubt. The, the two seem mutually exclusive, but as we, as we look at this text, we find that there was a man. While you think that they could not coexist, we find that there is a man who has them both in his heart, uh, not in the course of his life, but in that actual moment. There is doubt uh, and there is faith uh, in his heart. Now, I'm sorry if that shatters somebody's uh, uh, theology that you cannot have them both at the same time, but I'm just reading the word if that's all right and it said he said I believe I would have I would think that if he didn't believe Jesus might have corrected him right there and said no you don't believe you have doubt but I'm going to give you faith and take your doubt Jesus didn't say that the man just simply said I believe but help thou my unbelief you would think that there would be no way that these two could dwell in the same being in the same person at the same time here faith is ready to reach out and receive a miracle faith is ready to see the deliverance. Faith is ready to receive and possess uh, the breakthrough. Faith is ready to rise up and say, I believe it absolutely can happen right here this morning. Uh, but yet there is this doubt uh, that creeps in and doubt rears its ugly head and says, uh, you know what, it might not happen. Just settle down. Doubt tries to halt the miraculous before it ever starts. Uh, doubt tries to keep quiet, keep you quiet uh, before you ever even speak out. Uh, doubt tries to distract you from anything that is divine and anything that is sovereign and anything uh, that is a move of the spirit. Uh, faith rises in the heart and as soon as faith rises, doubt raises uh, its head in your flesh, in your spirit and says it might not, it may not, it won't, it didn't last time, uh, it didn't last week, it didn't uh, last revival, it didn't last weekend and so it's probably not going to uh, today. Uh, what an incredible contradiction, a common contradiction uh, because I'm preaching to people in every section of this room uh, that you have faith in your heart and when I say uh, God can do anything you want to lift up your voice and you have said amen and you have responded out of your faith but if we're honest if we're honest it takes about two tenths of a second maybe six or seven tenths of a second for you real spiritual folks for doubt to kind of just pull the reins. Like just, just pulling back the bit and the horse's mouth. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's what doubt does. That's what doubt's good at. That, that, that's what doubt always does. It, it, it's an uncomfortable truth, but you hear me. You may not even know if you believe in God this morning. But the word of God declares in Romans that every person has been given a measure of faith. Every single person in this room has a measure of faith. And I don't have to read you a scripture to let you know uh, what you already know and believe by your own experience that every person also has a measure of doubt. We all possess the capacity to doubt, to question, to be uncertain about the things of God that we do not understand. While faith is an incredibly powerful force in our life that can move mountains and cause miracles to come into our grasp, to cause miracles to come into our hand. Doubt uh, is the Achilles heel of faith, if you will. It robs us of God's best for us. Uh, hear me today when I tell you that, that doubt has one purpose for existing. It only exists to undermine our faith. Uh, nothing, do, I, I'm preaching a little bit about doubt this morning and about faith, uh, but uh, so you know, I'm not trying to glorify doubt. I'm just telling you the reality is uh, doubt has no useful purpose in our life. Uh, it it, it, it 
nothing good has ever come out of doubt. Nothing useful was ever produced by doubt. Doubt has never achieved anything. Doubt has never built anything. Doubt has never solved a problem. Doubt has never figured out a, a dilemma. Doubt ha has never made a life better. Doubt has never given a life peace. Doubt has never caused you to sleep good at night. But what doubt does is it renders your hopes and your dreams sterile. Doubt will take away your ability to possess God's best in your life. Hear me today. You see it all throughout Scripture. It was doubt in the Garden of Eden. At the very beginning of time, it was doubt that entered in to Eve's mind and life through the words of that serpent. That's why you better be careful who you entertain and who you listen to. It was doubt that came into her life that robbed her of God's best for her. It was doubt that she was attacked with. And because of the doubt that she gave way to, it robbed her of her walking with God every day. Hear me. Doubt will rob you of joy in your walk with God. I'm preaching to everybody here today. I'm preaching to longtime saints that you've been robbed of your joy in living for God because you've given way to doubt. You've given way to voices of uncertainty. Certainty. Uh, you've given way to voices of unsure things. Uh, and I'm here to tell you that doubt will distract you. Uh, doubt will rob you of your walk with God. Uh, it'll rob you of a focus on the multiplied blessings uh, in your life. It was doubt that caused Cain to bring his insufficient offering to the Lord. And then it was doubt that led to the chain of events that would culminate in the murder of his brother Abel. You hear me? Doubt is not a builder. Doubt is a destroyer. Doubt is a killer. Doubt is a thief. It was doubt that kept Israel outside of their promised land and sent them back into the wilderness. It was doubt that caused them to see their enemies as giants and they themselves as grasshoppers. Can I I say it again. Doubt will prevent you from ever realizing God's best in your life. Doubt will keep you outside of your promised land hoping to get in. It was doubt it caused the rich young ruler to leave the presence of Jesus with sadness and rejection instead of victory and rejoicing. You hear me? Doubt will rob you all of your life and then ultimately doubt will rob you of eternal life. Doubt is the fog that causes you to question the move of God even in this service this morning. It's doubt that causes you to question the hand of God in this service. Well, is that the flesh? Is that just hype? Or is that, is that, is that really God? It's doubt that will cause you to question the gift of God that he wants to give in this service. It's doubt that it will cause you to question everything that is a move of God. It invites us to question everything we do not understand. To sit back and not participate, but to pick apart everything that is of God. And let me say it again, nowhere is doubt ever of any benefit to a child of God. Because it is faith, not doubt, that causes us to achieve new heights. It is faith, not doubt, that propels us into our divine destiny. It's faith, not doubt, that causes us to lay hold of promises. It's faith, not doubt, that causes us to see mountains moved. Oh, you see, when Jesus was disgusted with his disciples, he would say things like, Oh, ye of little faith! But when he was ready to move and bless, he would say, Thy faith has made thee whole. He would chastise them for their doubt and he would praise them for their faith.
There's such a powerful principle here. I, there, the power of faith is such. You say, well, I don't have much faith. I'm going to get ahead of myself here. I don't have much faith. That's, that's all right. The Bible does say that if you have faith as what? The grain of a mustard seed, right? Now, I've heard that mispreached, and I've heard that uh, discussed in, in an incorrect way. It, it is not correct. It is incorrect to interpret that verse that Jesus would in any way be praising them for small faith. He was not patting them on the back for small faith. Faith is a grain of... And, and so we've taught that and we've, we've learned that. We've preached that. Man, if I just got a little bit of faith, I'm good. I'm good. I got a little bit of faith. Faith, faith, faith. Just a little bit of faith. No, no. The, you're missing the point. The power of the mustard seed principle is that faith in itself is so powerful. The mustard seed was one of the least of the seeds in the farmer's sack. But that small, seemingly insignificant seed, if placed in the right environment, it would not stay small for very long. The principle of the mustard seed is uh, that if you put your faith in the right environment, uh, if you put your faith in the right conditions, uh, your faith may be small, but it will not stay small. Your faith may be weak, uh, but your faith will not stay weak. Uh, your faith will be planted. Uh, it will take root. Uh, it will grow. Uh, and pretty soon in the parable of the mustard seed, uh, we see that the mustard seed became a big, large tree uh, that the birds were coming to find shelter in. What is that a picture of? Uh, it's a picture of something or someone uh, can come into the environment of God's kingdom uh, as small and insignificant uh, but when you plant yourself in the right place. Woo. I know this isn't evangelistic preaching right now, but just hang with it. You plant yourself in the right place, in the right environment, and you stick it out. And honey, it's not long that what was insignificant before is going to be involved in the work of the kingdom. It's going to be involved in the work of ministry, giving shelter to the birds. What are you saying? I'm saying that without faith, it is impossible to please God. But you've got to believe, as Scripture says, that he is. And he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So I've come today to try to get you to elevate your faith and to reduce your doubt. I've come today to try to get you to feed your faith in this environment that is rich in the presence of God, that is rich in the power and the spirit of God. And I've come to try to encourage you to starve your doubt. Doubt that parasite that feeds on dreams. Doubt that parasite sight that feeds on the miraculous provision uh, in your life. It comes to everyone. Uh, but I want you, why are you preaching so much about doubt? Because I want you to recognize the doubt in your own heart. Uh, so that in just a few moments in this service, when God's ready to move uh, and this place is ready to blow up in the power of God, uh, you recognize your own doubt enough to say, God, uh, I believe like that man in scripture, uh, but help my unbelief. Uh, See, some of you, if you would have been like that man and recognized your own doubt and your faith, you would have never come to Jesus because you would have convinced yourself. The enemy would have convinced you that you had to stay in your seat until you fixed your doubt. 
You, you, you got to stay put until you deal with your own doubt. You got to get better, keep reading the Bible, get more spiritual, do, I don't know, do more good deeds, live a more righteous and holy life. I don't know, whatever list you have in your mind, uh, that you got to do all this stuff until your faith is to the point that you can respond to God. No, 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 no. Uh, that is a trap from hell. Uh, that is a spiral that, that you'll get stuck in the rest of your life uh, if you don't let the Spirit and the Word lift you out of it today. Uh, I'm preaching to you uh, that you come to Jesus uh, just as you are. You come to him with your doubt and you come to him with your faith and you just be honest and you say God I have faith but I've got a whole lot of doubt or I've got a little bit of doubt and I give you permission to help me with my unbelief I just gave you the key and some of you missed it let me say it again he came to Jesus and he didn't say Jesus give me time I'm working on my doubt he came to Jesus and he said Lord I believe but I need your help with my unbelief and if you come to the presence of God today and give heaven an invitation to help you I promise you I promise you that God will respond to your invitation he will lift you out he will bring you out without a doubt. He'll deliver you today. He'll set you free and he'll build your faith. Somebody needs to throw your head back and clap your hands and lift up a shout of praise to God right now. Come on, the Holy Ghost is here right now. God's power is in this place right now. You need to throw your head back and clap your hands and lift up a shout of praise to your God in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, lift up a shout to him in Jesus' name. Yes. Sit down for just a minute. Somebody's getting there. Somebody's that close. Somebody is that close. There is faith that is being lifted. Some of you have counted yourself out. You have beat yourself up. You have, the enemy has beat you silly because you've got doubt, because you've got unbelief. And I'm here with the word of the Lord telling you it's all right to have doubt. It's all right to come to God with doubt. You just got to be honest with it. You see, the enemy's got you trapped. If he's got you convinced that you need to to cover it up, that you need to pretend it doesn't exist. But today we're going to lift our faith to the Lord and we're going to lift our doubt to the Lord. When's the last time you ever heard a preacher say we're going to lift our doubt to the Lord? We talk about lifting our hands, lifting our faith, lifting our voice. We're going to lift our doubt today to the Lord. And we're going to say, Lord, we believe, but help our unbelief. And when Jesus sees somebody like that, he cannot help but get involved in whatever it is you're up against. You see it in the life of Abraham the great patriarch, this man who was a father of the faithful. And scripture says that he hoped, he believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations. He believed he was not weak in faith and considered, watch this, he considered not his own body, now dead. What does that mean? He was alive. He considered not his own body now dead. I won't give you a Bible study on it. But let me tell you, God was talking to him about having a baby. And he was an old man. 
not just in the figure of speech that you know people use today. Oh, the old man, you know, he was a really old man, about a hundred years old, and yet he had faith, and he considered. His own body, now dead, when he was a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. What's that mean? She was an old lady. And he staggered not at the promise of God. Through unbelief, everybody say it was there. No, everybody say it was there. But was strong in faith. Watch this. The verse doesn't stop there. We often stop there when we quote it. He was strong in faith, doing what? Giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to, through the Holy Ghost, he was able to perform. I'm preaching that if it can work for Abraham, it can work for you. He looked at his body. He looked at his wife. He said, lady, you're old. And this guy's old too. It, 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 it's not happening medically. It's not ha- No, it, we don't have to go any further down that road, right? Well, you understand? It, it's, an, it's an impossible situation. There's no way. But he staggered not at doubt. But he, faith, he had faith. He had confidence. He had hope. You could preach a whole series of messages just on these three verses right here. He had hope against all hope, against everything that seemed logical, against everything that seemed reasonable, and he gave glory to God. I wonder what God could do in this service this morning. If somebody would examine your situation like Abraham examined his, you just take a quick look at your situation. You've already done that while I've been preaching. But yet you would say, Lord, in spite of all of the evidence, I have faith in you. My confidence is in you. And with that in mind, like the old man did, I'm going to give glory to God. I'm going to give praise to God. I'm going to give adoration to God. I wonder what God could release in this place. Let me tell you what Abraham had learned in years of walking with God. He learned that God is a faithful God. He learned that God keeps his promises. He learned that with God nothing is impossible for me. Let me tell you what we did when we started this message when I came up here at the beginning, I wasn't just trying to get you to respond to idle words or preacher phrases when I said, how many has he done this for? How many has he delivered? How, how many has he set free? How many has he healed? You know what I was doing? I was setting the tone for this part of the message right now. So let me tell you what faith is rooted in. Faith is rooted in God's faithfulness. So let me say it again. If he's ever done it before.
Oh, let me say it again. If he has ever healed one person in this room, he is able to do it again this morning. If he has ever delivered one person in this room from an alcohol addiction, he is able to do it again here this morning. If he has ever set one person free from the grip of drugs or prescription drugs on your life, he is able to do it again this morning. If he has ever taken one heart that was filled with doubt and filled you with the gift of the Holy Ghost, he is able to do it again this morning. If he has ever repaired one broken marriage, he is able to do it again this morning. If he has ever brought home one wayward child, he is able to do it again this morning. If he's ever restored one mind or one ministry, he is able to do it again at Atlanta West right here this morning. And if you believe that, you ought to give him praise from your innermost being you ought to give glory to God you ought to give praise to God yes uh, yes yes come on praise him for just a minute praise him for just a moment Praise him for just a few moments here. Clap your hands, lift your voice, and give glory to God. Lord, I praise you. I thank you. Lord, I thank you for every time you've ever done it in the past. And with that in mind, I acknowledge that you can do it today. I acknowledge that you will do it today. I acknowledge that your presence is... Let me tell you all you've got to do uh, to possess your promise and receive your miracle today. I'm just about done. Uh, I'm going to hurry through this last little part here. Uh, help somebody. All you've got to do is respond to the word of God that you're hearing right now. It really is that simple. I've got other biblical examples to give you, but don't have time to preach it. There, there's uh, All you've got to do is respond to the word of God uh, that you hear right here, right now. Uh, the man with the withered hand came to Jesus, uh, and what did Jesus say to him? What did he say? Stretch your hand. Come here, Brother DJ. The man with the withered hand. You got a withered up hand, DJ. And, and, and Jesus says to the man with the withered hand, hey, stretch your hand out. If I'm that guy, I'm thinking, what kind of sick jokester is this? What kind of prank is this? Stretch forth your hand. Are you mocking me? Are you making fun of me? I got a disability and you're mocking me? You're telling me, don't you think, Jesus, that for the every year of my, every day of my life uh, since my hand has been in this condition, I've woke up in the morning? Don't you think that I've tried to fix it? I've tried to figure it out. I've tried to solve it. I've tried everything I know to see if it'll work, but it still isn't working right. And yet the word of God comes along and says, stretch forth your hand. And as he was obedient to the word of the Lord. The object of your faith can only be realized and possessed through your obedience to the word of the Lord.
Oh, I don't think you heard me. That's why you can't come to church and just punch a time card and sit there like a bump on a dill pickle and expect God to do miracles for you. But you got to do something. You got to respond to God. You got to reach back to him. You got to understand that God already took the first step. Uh, He gave you the breath you're breathing today. Uh, He showed up in this sanctuary. Uh, God is here. Uh, His word is present. Uh, His spirit is in this room. Uh, And now he's just waiting on somebody uh, to do it again, Jesus. uh, I believe you can do it again. Uh, I believe you can do it again. Come on, we sang the song. We sang the song. But I wonder if there's anybody that can activate your faith through obedience right now and say, I believe that you will do it again. I believe that you'll do a miracle again. The waters are troubled right now. The miracle worker is in the building and he's waiting on somebody uh, that has a need in your life uh, to step out of where you're at. He's waiting on somebody whose life is in a mess, uh, whose ministry is in shambles. Uh, He's waiting on somebody uh, who's got doubt all over in your pain. Uh, You don't even know that you can perceive faith anymore, uh, but he's waiting on somebody to step out uh, and say, Lord, I believe. But help my unbelief. Yes. Quit thinking that you got to be perfect to get God's gift. You don't have to be perfect to get God's gift. You don't have to be perfect to get God's best for you today. Come on, get in here as tight as you can. You don't have to be perfect to receive God's best. All you've got to do is get honest and respond to God in that honesty. Come on. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to lift up your voice and lift up your hands. We got an altar team. We got a prayer team. If you need the Holy Ghost, you can receive it right now. If you need the Holy Ghost, you can receive it right now with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. If you need to be baptized in Jesus' name, we'd love to baptize you. One of our ministers, Brother DJ Hill, is right here. He'd love to baptize you. We might even talk more about that in a minute. But right now, what you need to do is you need to, with your faith and with your doubt, you need to lift up your praise and give glory to God. Come on, from side to side, from the front to the back, with your doubt and with your faith, lift up your praise to God and say, Lord, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, but help my unbelief, I believe. Right now in the name of Jesus, I pray you'd release the miraculous. Right now in the name of Jesus, I pray you'd release mountain-moving, chain-breaking power in the name of Jesus. 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 Jesus. 